Listener-supported KFUO invites you to listen live to our annual share It's your opportunity to show your support to KFUO. If you can't join us live, please prayerfully consider supporting us by calling 314-996-1518 and asking about our giving levels. You can also click the Give Now button on our webpage. Share 2017, April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. One of my favorite stories to share here on Faith and Family is the story of an outstanding program, a partnership between Bethesda Lutheran Communities and Concordia University, Wisconsin. And uh, we have more updates to share with you about the uh, the exciting Bethesda College of Applied Learning at Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting Faith and Family. You can find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Look for Concordia University, Wisconsin in the sponsor section. Joining me by phone today, Dr. Wanda Root here, Assistant Professor and Director of Graduate Special Education Programs and the Faculty Liaison for Bethesda College, Concordia University, Wisconsin. Dr. Routier, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So glad to have some time with you today and get an update on Bethesda College at Concordia University, Wisconsin, and uh, the the 2017 graduating class as well. Uh, I gather things are continuing to progress with Bethesda College. Yes, we are finishing up our third year. Our second graduating class will attend graduation and walk across stage in May. And uh, we are recruiting for our new class coming in in the fall. And our freshmen are finishing up their first year. And so the, uh, the, the program is continuing to grow. Tell me a little bit about the students who attend. For those who aren't familiar with Bethesda College, tell me about the students who, who can apply and, and who attend Bethesda College. Students with significant disabilities are usually the ones who apply to Bethesda College. We have a wide range of students and abilities and disabilities. Students currently are from six states. We welcome students from any location. They typically have been in special education in high school and or elementary and middle school. They typically have uh, varying abilities from reading at a second or third grade level through high school, college level reading and writing abilities. And we welcome any inquiries and visits to campus for people who may be interested. And one of those students today, joining us by phone as well, Bobby Kuski, a 2017 graduate of Bethesda College. Bobby, welcome to Faith and Family. Thanks for having me. So glad to have some time with you today and learn about your experience at Bethesda College. When did you first learn about becoming a student at Bethesda College, and what was your reaction? I started looking into college two years ago and just kind of thought, this might be a good transition between, like, 
high school and like a regular college. Thought it'd be a little bit more structured and give me some time to adjust. And when you found out that you were accepted into Bethesda College at Concordia University, Wisconsin, what was your reaction? Uh, just like any college student, nervous, unsure, wondering, hey, would this be good, but also excited, like in that I was going to college. Had you visited the campus before and learned much about the program before you uh, made the decision to attend? Uh, yes, I did, like, some, me and my mom did some research and, like, came, shadowed, like, a few classes, did, like, an overnight stay, and in the end decided this was the best option. So when you made the decision, you were accepted into the program, and this was the best option for you. Tell me about starting classes at Bethesda College. Did you did you live on campus? Uh, yes, I did. So what was that like? Was this your first time of living away from family? Uh, yes, it was my first time living away from family. A little stressful, like learning how to get around, get homework done, and get laundry done. As you learned about those responsibilities and and, and, uh, life on campus, who were the people that you met who shared in those similar responsibilities? Who were the the friends that you made on campus? See, I made friends with my roommate, Ryan, and like the RAs that are at our school just as... uh, who were the RAs that you got to know? Uh, Jordan Quinn, Emily Codman, and Janelle Gibford. And how are the RAs helpful to you? Uh, they just answer questions wherever I have them or make sure I'm feeling okay and not overwhelmed. <laughs> So as you started your first year of college at Bethesda College, what were some of the things that you enjoyed about that first year of college? Just like the whole college experience, the learning how to be independent, learning how to do things on my own, and just kind of the whole new environment of college. What were some of the classes and other things you did during your first year of college? Uh, I took History 103, uh, uh, Worldview History as a class, uh, took freshman seminar, and did some running club. Participated in running club? Uh, yes, I did. What uh, Are you a distance runner, or do you, uh, do you run shorter distances sprinting? Uh, I'm a distance runner. And I also did a run with President Barry. That's exciting. He is quite the runner, isn't he? Uh, yes, he is. How many days has he been running? <laughs> <laughs> did you make friends in the running club as well? How often did you uh, did you get to see your uh, your friends in running club? Uh, usually, me about once a week given, like, homework and other activities. <laughs> Still try to make it once a week. What was the homework like for your classes? Mm, 
just like kind of depends on the class. It's for Bethesda College classes, they're a little easier, but for Concordia classes, it's we have homework helpers, but we do the same work basically just with some modifications occasionally. Were there other things besides class and running club that you participated in during your first year? Uh, just like generic events on campus, I think, and internship. Tell me about your internship. Where did you serve on your internship? Uh, my first year or... My first year, I started in the cafeteria just bussing tables and doing the dish room. Uh, and also worked at a retirement facility doing, like, OTPT assistant type things. And now I'm interning at a workout gym called Foreman Fitness, just kind of working front desk, folding towels, and shadowing fitness classes. Out of those three different jobs, working in the cafeteria, uh, working at the uh, the senior living community and the uh, at the gym, do you have a favorite? Which one do you like the most? Uh, working at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you like about that? Uh, just the environment, the upbeatness, the people wanting to improve their health, and just the environment, I guess. What are some of the classes then that you've taken uh, in your second year? I've taken interpersonal communication, human learning, and children's literature. And what have you gained from these classes? What have you learned in these classes that is helpful to you? Uh, children's literature, I learned that kind of like how to teach people using literature, not just like memorize the facts and dates. Uh, from human learning, I've learned that, like how to teach people and how the brain like learns information and why it learns. And from interpersonal communication, I've learned just all the aspects of like how you were, what affects how you communicate with someone else what internal factors affect how you communicate with others. It sounds very helpful. Do you think that uh, your class in interpersonal communications will be helpful in the future as you look at uh, things that you might want to pursue in the future as perhaps more education or, or work? Do you think that interpersonal communication class will be helpful to you? I do. I believe it has given me like a base for like understanding how to communicate with other people and just all the things that like affect the communication process between two people or many people. So it sounds like you're completing your coursework and graduation is, is in the near future. Uh, yes. In May. Are you counting down the days until graduation? Uh, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, What do you think? What are you planning to do after graduation? After I'm grad- done here, I'm planning to go to MATC and go for either 
occupational or physical therapy assistant. So looking at more education to prepare for a future career? Uh, yes, just want well, to do something in the healthcare field, and that requires a little bit more schooling, I mm-hmm. think. What is it that you like about the uh, careers in healthcare? I don't know. Just doctors have always helped me and always been there for me. And so now you want to be able to help others. Yes, uh, well, I give back to the people who have helped me out so much in my life. Well, it sounds like the uh, your Bethesda College experience has been very helpful, and especially in preparing you for that next chapter in life. And uh, I, I enjoy learning more about it and, and, and uh, what lies ahead. Graduation is such an exciting time. Dr. Routier... Tell me uh, about the uh, the other students in the graduating class this year. Bobby's just one of the students. What are the um, uh, the the future plans of the graduating class of 2017? Our, our graduating class is small this year. We have three young men. You've been talking with Bobby. Bobby mentioned his roommate Ryan. Ryan is also graduating. And he's from Pittsburgh, so he's one of our out-of-state students. And then we have Joe, who is from Wisconsin. And the three of them have grown so tremendously. It's been a pleasure to see them turning into real young men and to um, just be a, a terrific ambassador for Bethesda College. What have been some of the highlights uh, from the Bethesda College this past year? Well, one of the biggest things is these three young men who are graduating, they have been pushing the envelope for academic classes at Concordia. And so they have really paved the way for our students to have more access to Concordia classes, which they audit. Bethesda College students audit Concordia classes, but Ryan, Bobby, and Joe have certainly been able to handle the challenge of the academic classes. So that has really been a big highlight. They've impressed their professors, and they've taught the other students a tremendous amount in the classes. Um, They... They have also been great mentors to the freshman class. We have a large freshman class this year with 11 students. So our three seniors are ambassadors, and they've been mentoring our freshmen during their first year. Uh, Bethesda students have also been involved with other programs here on campus. For example, they've participated with some of the teacher candidates and the School of Education and been in classes together to, to help the teacher candidates learn better. And they've also worked with occupational therapists to help the OT students learn how to better serve students with disabilities. And our Bethesda students are great teachers because They've been in the system for so many years that they tell our Concordia students, no, that's not quite the right way to do it, or that's not going to work. You should try this. 
So peer-to-peer learning is going on and teaching, and it's just been a real highlight for this year as well. Um, as I said, we've had, we have 11 freshmen, so that is our biggest class yet. And then there, there have been certain other activities on campus. Bethesda College participated in the service day, and they went to the Mequon Nature Center to clean up. And uh, they've been visiting to the Concordia radio station. So um, they've gotten that experience. So those are a few of the activities and highlights from the year. It sounds like a, a very busy year. What are some of the things that you have learned from the uh, the Bethesda College students? You mentioned how many of the, the Concordia students have, have benefited and learned from the uh, Bethesda students. What are some things that you've learned as a professor that you think will help you as you continue to serve as a liaison for this program? Well, Carol Burns, the director of Bethesda College, and I... Uh, monitor and we run the program and we learn from our students every year. I think this year the biggest thing that we have learned and it's kind of been cumulative. We are in our third year and what we are realizing and learning from our students is that they need these two years at Bethesda College to learn how to be adults and enter the adult world and if they plan to go to college, to learn how to be a college student. And one of the most important ways they learn that is because they live in a dormitory, in an integrated dorm, they're in an integrated setting, they have full access to everything on campus. Some of Bethesda students learn from their peers how to study and how long it takes to study and to do assignments and yet still make time for fun and to do chores because your suite and your room need to be clean. So it really has been a a big uh, achievement for our students. And Carol and I have really learned that these two years are very important for our students as a transition, if you would, from high school and uh, young adulthood to college and to adult life. Graduation just around the corner. What do students uh, do to prepare for graduation? What are the, the accomplishments that must happen in order for a student to complete the program and graduate from Bethesda College? Well, every semester, instead of final exams in the Bethesda College classes, the students have to do a comprehensive portfolio and they have to formally do a portfolio assessment with a faculty member or a staff member from Bethesda Lutheran Communities. So our seniors will be doing that in early May, showing their final portfolio. They uh, participate in all the activities and agenda items that all the Concordia students do to prepare for graduation and we they will be taking their exams in their Concordia classes and then we will have our senior dinner the night before graduation and then they will attend graduation with the undergraduate students. Bobby are you working on your portfolio how's it coming along? 
mostly done just kind of working out and like tweaking up, making sure I have the right evidence, the right reflections, reflecting on everything I've learned. How are you feeling about presenting your portfolio? Uh, a little nervous, like always. What college <laughs> doing isn't nervous for like exams and finals. So uh, just a little nervous, but this certainly can be a, a, a useful experience in preparing you for future interviews and presentations in uh, future careers. Yes, it can. Dr. Routier, tell me about graduation. What does graduation look like for the Bethesda students? Well, they join in the undergraduate graduation, which is on Saturday afternoon. And they have their caps and gowns. Concordia does uh, the graduation order by degree. So for the undergrads, first will be the bachelor's degrees students, and then the associate degree students, and then the Bethesda students. They will go up on stage and across. Their name will be on the big screen. Their name will be announced. They will receive their certificate from Dr. Mike Sertle, who's the CEO of Bethesda Lutheran Communities, and from Dr. Ferry, the president of Concordia University, and then they will take their seats. And so they participate exactly like everyone else. Bobby, what are you thinking about the uh, the upcoming graduation? Uh, I think it'll feel good and just a little... A little nervous, I guess, for the ceremony itself. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a joyous occasion. Who do you expect to, to be there to witness your graduation this year? Uh, my mom, dad, and sister, I think. So your family will be there to, uh, to celebrate the special occasion with you and cheer you on. Yep. And your classmates as well. Yes, they will be. <laughs> Well, with three students graduating this year and uh, Dr. Routier, 11 in the incoming class this year, and you mentioned recruiting for the next coming class, what do families need to know in order to find out more about uh, becoming a Bethesda College family? Well, they can certainly go to our website, which is BethesdaCollege.org, or they can go to the website for... Um, Bethesda Lutheran Communities, because we are also there. They could also contact Concordia University, and uh, we usually get the phone calls, messages, or emails. Someone could call or email me, and uh, we send out information. We talk to people on the phone. We host visits, as Bobby was talking about that he did when he first came here. And um, we are kind of filling up, so if someone is interested for a new class in the fall, I would like to ask them to contact us in the next few weeks. Uh, but other than that, we, we uh, always host visits and talk to folks who uh, wish information. What's the, uh, you mentioned they could contact you to find out more. What's the best way to reach you? Probably by email. And my email address is Wanda, 
cuw.edu. And my last name is spelled R-O-U-T-I-E-R. Bethesda College at Concordia University, Wisconsin. It's uh, just a, it's a great concept, and now to see it in uh, three years in and see this outstanding graduating class coming up in May. Bobby, congratulations, and uh, I, I wish you well on your next step. Thank you. Dr. Routier, thanks so much for being my guest and sharing with us this update on Bethesda College at Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for having us. My pleasure, and congratulations to the class of 2017. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll learn more about life for seminary wives here at Concordia Seminary. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Pro-lifers are falsely accused of not caring about human life once the baby is born. Here's another example of why it's not true. March 25th has been designated by the government in Peru as the day of the unborn child. Every year, pro-lifers hold a march for life in the nation's capital of Lima, where three-quarters of a million participants have come to be faithful living witnesses to the sanctity of life. This year, devastating flooding left hundreds of thousands homeless and many dead. So March organizers canceled the event and urged pro-lifers to volunteer to help flood victims and donate desperately needed water, food, and clothing. Next time you hear someone say pro-lifers are only concerned about unborn babies, share this example with them. It's just one of many. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org and stay informed more informed than you've ever been. Hi, I'm Andy Bates, KFUO Director of Programming, inviting you to join us for share 2017, April 20th through the 22nd. During share you'll enjoy your favorite guests and program hosts as we give thanks for the Lord's work at Worldwide KFUO. Our annual share is a great time to renew your support for this ministry. Join me and all your KFUO friends during share 2017, April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Hi, we're Jonathan, Matthew, and Nathaniel Clayton. We listen to KFUO every chance we get. One of the shows we like is Thy Strong Word, hosted by Pastor Whedon. One thing I love about Thy Strong Word is how they are able to tie in what great church fathers have said about the passages. I like that Thy Strong Word gets through a whole chapter of the Bible each day and shows the things you never even knew were there. What I like about Thy Strong Word is that Pastor Weed and the host is fun and always energetic as he studies the text. 
we would encourage you to listen to KFUO every chance you get. Just, Just like, like we do. God's Word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever. I'm William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. We romp through the sacred scriptures rejoicing in the salvation that is ours in Jesus Christ. Thy Strong Word, weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit them on the web at lhfmissions.org. So what are you doing the last week of July? How about spending it with a bunch of fellow Lutherans at the 2017 Institute for Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music on the lovely campus of Concordia University, Chicago. You'll be singing, praying, learning, loving, and growing together in the Lord. The Institute is for everyone who's passionate about worship. The theme this year is the Just Live by Faith. Make it plain in sermon, service, song. There'll be a hymn festival, concert by National Lutheran Choir, insightful keynotes by David Peterson, William Swirla, and Kevin Hildebrandt, tons of workshops covering the gamut of worship, and you get to hear Daniel Gard give us the goods on the book of Habakkuk. Yeah, you want to be there. July 25th through 28th. You'll be so glad you did. Register today at www.lcms.org slash worship institute. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. It is spring. Even looks like spring here today in St. Louis. And spring means one significant thing for families at Seminary at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis and Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, here in the United States, spring means that uh, big change is happening for many of our seminary students and their families. Joining me in studio today, friends from Concordia Seminary St. Louis, Selena Haupt. She's the women's coordinator at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis and uh, with some great friends from Concordia Seminary, seminary wives to share their story on making that transition, preparing for that transition. Selena, welcome back. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Glad to have you and all of our friends. We have Kelsey in studio this morning. Good morning, Kelsey. Good morning. Glad to be here. And you, your husband is second year, is that correct? Second year, yes. So we will head out on Vicarage. Very good. And uh, we have Krista. Hello. Fourth year, correct? Yes. So you're preparing for call day. We are. And Kyla. Morning. Your husband is second year as well, correct? Yes, so yes. preparing for Vicarage. And Selena, you're not preparing for any big changes. No, we are just preparing <laughs> for another season of busyness at the summer. Well, it is uh, it's spring, and that means call day. Vicarage assignments are just around the corner, coming up in what uh, just a couple of weeks for two weeks, from two today. weeks the twenty sixth of April. So just around the corner for you. This is kind of a, a day, perhaps that you. I gather you've been preparing for and thinking about for some time now, um, and whether it's call day or vicarage day, uh, Krista's already been through the, the vicarage day, so a oh. vicarage assignment. Correct. We did traditional routes. So two years ago at this time, we were waiting anxiously to find out where we'd be for vicarage. So you already know what that's like and can share uh, with these ladies about that experience. I'm sure everyone's experience is different, but uh, you've been able, I'm sure, to provide some support to them. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about uh, where you're from and a little bit of background before we get too far into 
where you might be going. So, uh, Kelsey, tell us a little bit about where you're from, where your husband's from, and uh, what life has been like at seminary so far. I am originally from North Dakota. Um, My husband's from Michigan. We met at college in Tennessee and then lived in Michigan for four years before coming to the seminary. Um, We have loved SEM life. It will be, we are so excited for Vicarage, but you'll miss it, the wonderful community and the people there. Um, But we are excited for Vicarage. We want to know where we're going. We want to start getting getting ready. You start to feel that sort of anxious energy. Um, Yeah. What has... What what have you loved about seminary life? You you mentioned you just you love seminary life. What is it that you like about seminary life? The people. Um, I think so much about how I can send my kids out the back door and there are friends mm-hmm. every day. There are friends, and they play for hours and then they come back in for a snack. And you just think about what a magical childhood that must be to <laughs> kind of always have people around. Um, yeah, I think that'd be the big thing. Krista, tell us a little bit about you and your husband, where you're from. Sure. I am from St. Charles, Missouri, which is not too far from the KFUO studio here. Uh, my husband is from just north of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we met in college there. And we came straight to the seminary after college. So for us, it's kind of just been a continuation of that educational experience. And uh, we haven't quite grown out of that college phase yet. Um, just got to come down with a lot of our friends and pick up some new ones on the way. What about Vicarage? Uh, where did you all serve Vicarage? Uh, we were blessed to be able to stay in the St. Louis area. My husband had a two-part Vicarage. It was kind of a unique situation, but serving uh, a southern St. Louis suburb, St. John's in Arnold. And we live down in St. Genevieve, Missouri, which is the oldest town in Missouri. Wow. So serving right here in Missouri, and what have you, what have been the challenges and the joys so far of seminary life? Oh, um, the joys, like Kelsey said, are the people. Just getting to experience people who have common goals and uh, common faith in, in our culture, that's something that we just cling to, to be able to share something so unique as sacrificing mm-hmm. years of your life to go into the ministry of the Lord, and then the whole rest of your life being focused on that. Um, Challenges have been, um, for me personally, I have a fantastic job. So just thinking about leaving that and preparing for Vicarage, I thought I'd have to leave it and I didn't. So now it's getting even harder because I've been there longer. (laughs) Um, There's financial struggles, but seminary does such a good job of, of alleviating that as much as possible. And um, for some people being far from family, but for us, that hasn't, hasn't been an issue. So Kyla, tell me about, uh, where you're from, where your husband's from and, uh, what you've enjoyed about seminary life so far. So I'm originally from Maryland and my husband was born in Florida, um, and moved a ton of times <laughs> in between there and eventually the two of us meeting in college in Chicago. And then, uh, we are both DCEs. So after college, we had internships. I came down here to St. Louis actually, and then he went up to Northern Wisconsin and then we spent, um, three years, two years in Northern Wisconsin before moving down here to pursue his pastoral studies. So we've kind of been from all over at this point, uh, but wouldn't have it any other way. What has, 
What have been some of the challenges and the joys of seminary life so far, two years in? Um, challenge for sure is just, I think, the constant state of transition. Uh, even though we've now lived on campus for two years, your community, as great as it is, is constantly moving in and out. There's always new faces. Um, the constant, we're going to move at some point to some place that we don't know. The job situation that Krista mentioned, all of that is just a kind of creates this constant state of transition. Uh, but with that, just we love the unique opportunity that it is to just be blessed to get to study uh, ministry and be preparing to go out and serve people. It's not often that you just get to be in that place for this time. How do you think your education and your experience as a director of Christian education will help you and is preparing you for the uh, for your family making this transition to Vicarage and eventually to a call? Right now, I know, especially with like looking forward to Vicarage, it's really helping with our anxious levels. Uh, we love parish ministry, so it's super exciting to know that we are getting to go back to parish ministry as much as we love the seminary community. We're just really looking forward to that. So what are the questions you have uh, and how do you get those answers as you're preparing for, for Vicarage? And we'll talk about call day as well. What are the questions you have and who's been helping you get those answers? Which ones are still unanswered? <laughs> <laughs> My guess is the biggest question that we don't have the answer to yet is where will they be sent? <laughs> That's probably the largest and that will be revealed on the 26th. But we've had a lot of preparation and classes um, prior to call day, just to kind of encourage gals and um, talk through strategies and um, so that they can be comforted and know that God's got a plan in all of this. What are what are some of the resources that you found through through your time at the seminary, two years, four years? What are the resources that uh, have been made available to you or that you found that have been most helpful? In general, just other people, you mm -hmm. have, you know, second year wives have fourth year wives to talk to or getting to know some of the women who have already left the seminary and they're in their first call. And so you kind of end up just in living life together, sharing lots of tips and tricks on how to survive all of it, um, whether that's the best packing strategy um, or tips for the emotional stuff, preparing kids for e the emotional part of transitioning. Um, so I think other people definitely would be the big one. How, you mentioned preparing children for making that transition. How are you doing that now? Well, right now I mostly feel bad for my four-year-old. She <laughs> must think her parents know nothing. Where are we going? Will we be in a house? Will it be an apartment? Well, we don't know. Well, we don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Good questions, honey. I'll tell you in two weeks. Um, <laughs> but she's excited. She has already seen people come and go at the seminary, and she knows that it's an exciting thing, and she's happy to be a part of it, which is fun to watch in mm -hmm. a little person. But. So having the... Uh the rest of the seminary community around you who have uh, many who have gone through this experience already helps you prepare your your child for this transition as well she's seen friends come and go with with uh, their families going on vicarage or taking you know, receiving a call so just that just being in that environment has been helpful what are the the other resources and uh, support that you found through the years four years now of of seminary life uh, Krista, tell me about that. 
one of the really intentional things that the seminary does is offer classes for the women about uh, just preparing for parish life and uh, how to navigate seminary. When you first come in, there's a class that's just about transition and moving. Um, and there was a class this spring about conflict and how to deal with that in the very intentional role of being a pastor's wife and what that looks like. There's never conflict in never. the congregational life. <laughs> I <We> hope not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we found one of the ways that we connected the most and, and got the most out of seminary was through the various outside activities the seminary has. Um, my husband played on the basketball team. And so our first year, I know I made two really good friends just because we were sitting in the bleachers together. And that's how I got to know Kyla last year. Uh, so just being involved in the other things that our husbands were naturally involved in helped to ease the transition and get to know other people. And in those conversations, you learn so much. Kyla, what have been some of the, the helpful resources for you through these two years so far? I think the biggest thing really is just the act of moving to a new city and having an opportunity to figure out uh, what to do in a new place. Where do you go to the bank? Where is the post office? What is there that's fun to do? What restaurants do you like? Just that experience is super helpful, I think, as we look forward to moving to unknown places for vicarages and calls. There's some strength that comes from knowing that you did it and mm -hmm. you figured out where to go and it was okay and maybe it took a little time, but the seminary is just a great place to kind of learn that skill, I think. Anybody attend, I gather you all have attended call day or vicarage placement before, so you were there, you saw what was happening for the, the, uh, the other students. What if you get a call or a vicarage assignment to some unusual place, <laughs> some part of the, the country or the world that just does not uh, thrill you, <laughs> that you're not looking forward to? <laughs> How do you think? Are you prepared for that? We, we were joking about this earlier, and I said we should all practice our we lost the Emmy face and, <laughs> and, and try to just grin and nod. And, you know. But that I think that's the greatest fear, right? And um, and then how do I handle that? So We didn't deal with that on Vicarage because we got such a wonderful assignment. Um, but I think... You know, it's kind of understood that no matter where you go, you're serving God's people and there's going to be joy in that. So to just keep your happy face on, no matter what, on call night and uh, maybe cry a little bit if you need to when you get home, but then find out what you can and uh, look for what you can love about the community before you get there. And uh, hopefully there's someone from the church ready to welcome you uh, by phone or email or something just to help you feel more comfortable with that. I think once you know where you're going to, you can start to paint a picture of life. Mm -hmm. um, and the internet, of course, is a great resource <laughs> for this. You know, where what is there to do in the town? And you can start imagining a little bit. And so even if the geography doesn't seem quite right, you just start to, to know that you did it once, you moved to a new place, you figured it out. There was a life waiting for you, even if you didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. Right now with all the unknown, it almost seems better to know, you know, mm -hmm. whether that's exactly where you want to go or someplace you never dreamed of that's opposite of your ideal situation, you will know where you're going. And like Kelsey said, you can begin to paint that picture 
right now, all the canvases have a question mark on them. <laughs> That's true. Well, and for me, too, it's just helpful to keep in perspective that there is a whole group of people that are just as excited to know who's coming to their church and that have been talking about this for a lengthy amount of time to even be in the process of getting a vicar or a new pastor coming to their church. And so for me, that's just really um, exciting and endearing to know that there's already a group of people kind of cheering for our family and Absolutely. waiting to know that and we're coming. Think about the, the hours and the energy that, that go into preparing for a, a vicar or a new pastor, uh, that just that whole process of, of calling someone or, or preparing for a vicarage and the, the paperwork that goes with it is <laughs> yeah. just as much on, on, on their end of the preparations as it is, I'm sure on, on your, your side of it as well. So yeah, there's a good, very good perspective there that, uh, that they have just as much energy and perhaps as uh, excitement and uh, anticipation with this, this new opportunity that lies ahead. Yeah, it's so much fun because some of the churches have call day watch parties now and, and they're watching online and mm-hmm. waiting and cheering to find out who's coming. So that's that's really a neat thing. That, that's a good point. Uh, the seminaries uh, stream, live stream yes. the event so that that the congregations and family members, loved ones can also witness this really momentous occasion. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of... Uh, it's an emotional time, I'm sure, for many, particularly parents or, or extended family, mm-hmm. wondering, where's my baby going? <laughs> yes, yeah. And we've talked a lot about how emotions are a part of it. And mm-hmm. it's uh, not only, you know, as the, um, the seminarian receiving the call is going to have emotions, the wife will have emotions, the extended family, the in-laws. I mean, there's so much of that. And that's all normal. Um, and there will be time to process that. But to always remember that at the end of the day, God's hand is in all of this, and um, that's why it's the call, and um, that there's going to be amazing things that will happen in that. Sure, the Holy Spirit works through the call process Absolutely. to uh, to it works through the call to bring a pastor to to uh, to carry out that the the duties of that office to bring the the Word of God to bring the gifts of God and Word and Sacrament to. Uh, these people, wherever he has called them. And uh, thanks be to God for that. Sometimes in the moment, it may be hard to trust that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thanks be to God, he has given us the the means by which this happens. So what would you share, Krista, with these ladies who are preparing for vicarage? What words (laughs) of wisdom would you would share with them as they prepare for vicarage? perhaps the, the, the day of the assignment or what life on Vicarage may or may not be like. Right. Oh, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, give a broad answer like that just because <laughs> our situation was so unique and our personalities are so different even, you know, than the women sitting to my left and right. But um, one of the things I did or kind of was found out about me before we got there was that I'm a church musician. And so (laughs) in both of the churches we served, they figured out how to plug me in. And, um, it was, it was wonderful. And the music director at our larger church was very, um, kind about saying, do however much you can knowing that we had two churches. And so, um, that wasn't something that I had come up with on my own, but I would pass on to you is do however much you can. And, um, it's for one year. So, uh, don't try and do too much, but do what you're, what's going to make you excited and, and what you can enjoy being a part of. I'm sure as a, as a DCE 
coming into a new parish, um, there may be questions about what is my role? How do I serve? In what ways can I serve? Um, are those questions that you're already starting to think through, Kyla? They are, especially uh, we have interviews before uh, vicarage placements are made with the placement director. So that question certainly came up. If there is an opportunity for me to work physically in the church as a called DCE, would I take that opportunity? And really with anything, whether or not I was a DCE, it would just be a matter of prayer. Where is there a need? Where do I fit in? Um, And just kind of walking that path once we know where we're headed. Uh, Celine, yeah. Let's go back to uh, your seminary days. Oh, yes. I remember them. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, uh, what, what are the th- things that you share with uh, seminary wives as they think about um, first call or, or vicarage? You know, we talk a lot about, um, like Kyla said, um, everything should be done in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And every gal has a different set of gifts and strengths. And um, and so taking time, first of all, especially with first call to, to get to know people and just to love people and let them love you because they will. Um, the congregation is, are so gracious and wonderful and just wrap their arms around um, the new pastor and family. So um, just taking time for that and then starting to figure out, okay, um, now, that, now that we're here, where are my gifts and the needs in the congregation? And then where can we where can I get plugged in for that? Um, I think is really important. In Vicarage, it's similar, but on just a lot shorter time scale because you don't have as much time to just mm-hmm. observe. Um, and so I encourage gals to, um, yeah, you got to get settled first, of course, but that to get involved, it's a year and you will learn a lot, even though your husband, this is his assignment, um, you'll get to learn a lot about congregation life. And, you know, if you've only been in one church your whole life, this is going to be a whole different experience. So take advantage of that. That's a good thing. We talked a little bit about extended family earlier. Mm-hmm. What can we do to help extended family through this call process? You mentioned, you know, some watching uh, online, watching the call day or the the vicarage assignments. Um, what are other things we can do to help extended family understand maybe we're not going to be living in the same part of the country. We might be, you know, on the other side of the world. Who knows? Uh, The Lord knows, certainly. But how do we help uh, extended family uh, understand this process as well, particularly if they're not familiar with the call process or vicarage? That was certainly my situation um, when when Ben and I took a call. Uh, My family... um was absolutely not. And my, my husband was a first generation pastor. So it wasn't like a long line of pastors. So it was a very new experience in some ways for both sides of the family. Um, and we were sent 19 hours from, uh, quote unquote (laughs) home base. And, um, so that was a big challenge, but I think, um, it, you know, allowing them to feel whatever they're going to feel and, you know, you, you know, your parents and you know, your in-laws. And so you may already have suspicions about how they may process things. And that's good to kind of think about that prior, but also to know you can't control their feelings. It's okay that they're going to have some feelings and you're going to love them through it. Um, but keep moving forward in the path that, that God has called your husband and, um, keep your eyes on that while still loving them and Mm -hmm. allowing them to emote however they need to. (laughs) Good point that their feelings are their feelings. Yeah. And acknowledge that they're their feelings and, and, and respect the, their mm-hmm. feelings, but that, that doesn't change right. the, you, your vocation and, and where you are, where you're given to serve. Yeah. Great point. Excited about call day? Absolutely. Excited about vicarage assignment? Yes. 
Very. Very. I asked him today, if were they counting days or hours at this point? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Days or hours? Days are easier to days, count. Days, right now. Days. But it will get to hours at some point. Yes. It's a Wednesday. And and so tonight at about 7 o'clock, I'll probably say in exactly two weeks, because it's 7 mm-hmm. o'clock. Oh, that's service. right. So that's, that's an right. easy one. But yeah. right now, it's still still days. Yeah. How are your husbands preparing for a vicarage assignment or call day? How are they handling it from your perspective? <laughs> they're probably in the middle of classes and yes. overwhelmed with all their studies. Um, my husband has had a lot on his plate this spring. Uh, eight weeks ago, we had our first child. So he's a little overwhelmed in being a dad and keeping up studies and uh, occasionally getting to golf uh, with the seminary golf team. So call day is an important day, but I think he's found ways to not stress about it and He's got uh, plenty of other things going on. Things, yeah. <laughs> Sleep is more of a priority today than call day. I would agree. There's just there's a lot of homework, especially at this time of year. They don't really get off classes right mm-hmm. all the way up to Vicarage and call day. So there's just kind of a never-ending stream of things to occupy their time. Yes, pretty much the same. <laughs> I think as I start to go, I wonder, can I pack up our winter coats like for good? Or what do you think, honey? And he's... Like, I'm going to write my paper. (laughs) We'll talk about that maybe in in May or April. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And that can be a really challenge too, even after call day for the men, because classes aren't finished at call day. They continue. And so um, that's really sometimes a struggle because there's, they're one foot in the classroom and they're one foot thinking about where they're headed. And so, um, the wives come in handy to keep them grounded and make sure, you know, stay focused. We still got a few more weeks. We got to get through this. And then, you know, then we'll be off and away. We have just about just a few seconds left. Anything that you want to share with, uh, with others who might be thinking about seminary life, their, their husbands, fiancés are, are looking at seminary. Uh, just a few couple words about uh, what, what you might share with them as they're looking at coming to seminary. Sure. I would just say um, to really lean on trusted voices in your life. If it's something that you're considering, God will put those people in your path to encourage you. Krista, anything? Uh, Just this question came up the other day that God will provide for you. Um, There are so many places that need pastors um, to just, if you're considering it, to really think about it and get those resources. Just about 10 seconds. Anything, Kelsey? I I love what Krista said. God will provide. If you're nervous, God will provide the finances and the friends and the community and the house. God will provide the life. Selena Haupt, Women's Coordinator at, at Concordia Seminary. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having us. It's always great to be here. Kelsey, Krista, and Kyla, thanks so much. God's blessings in the upcoming Vicarage Assignments and Call. Thank you. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word on Worldwide KFUO. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online and on demand.